There's two readings this morning. Um, the first is from Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. This is what Isaiah son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his way so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The second reading is from Romans chapter 15, verses 4 to 13. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, and, moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written... Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing the praises of your name. Again, it says, rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks so much to Fee and Sam and, uh, and everybody taking part. And uh, I saw Patrick's video and I couldn't make head nor tail of it um, before that sketch and now it all came together. It was amazing, just amazing. And um, yeah, so absolutely brilliant. And Tom, thanks so much for leading us. Everybody, I'm gonna move the Daily Mail if you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> Do you know, we sang that song, Everyone Needs Compassion. And uh, as Sam was praying there, oh, did you, I mean, that is awful, isn't it? 27 in, in an inflatable boat on the channel. And it's, uh, everyone needs compassion. Kindness of a saviour. 
Uh, <coughs> I'm sorry. I, I do. <laughs> well, whatever. God is good. It is easy to feel overwhelmed, isn't it, by all that's going on. Does anyone ever feel a bit overwhelmed? Yeah. Is anyone sick of COVID? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, aren't we sick of COVID? I remember last year, around this time, we were going, oh, 2020, what a rubbish year. Roll on 2021. <laughs> 20, oh, roll on 2022. <laughs> and we've still got, yeah, COVID just keeps on, keeps on hanging around, doesn't it? And we're fed up. And uh, just maybe you're feeling a bit overwhelmed. What's your first thing you do in the morning? What do you do? Uh, Sometimes I'll go downstairs and I check the phone, check my phone and might be looking at headlines. And it doesn't take long. I haven't even boiled a kettle yet and I'm feeling overwhelmed. Yeah? Check the BBC News website. Anyone else do that kind of thing? Or maybe you've got an alarm that wakes you up and it's Radio 4. Anyone else? Yeah? And you can just feel a little bit overwhelmed with what's going on. Well, uh, Isaiah was overwhelmed. If if, uh, we look at this short little passage, Isaiah chapter 2, it starts with exactly the same words that Isaiah chapter 1 starts with. uh, A vision. This is what I saw. He speaks in the third person. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning his people, Judah and Jerusalem. And Isaiah chapter 1 describes all the stuff that he sees through God's eyes, which is overwhelming. Uh, And we won't read it now, but it describes the sin of the people. It describes the injustice. You've got blood on your hands, uh, God says through Isaiah. Uh, It's a desperate situation. And uh, Isaiah is overwhelmed. Look at the book of Romans that Fee just read from as well. Paul actually was overwhelmed. Spends the first couple of chapters describing the sinfulness of the humanity that he sees. It's easy to be overwhelmed. But there is an antidote. (laughs) And the antidote to being overwhelmed is to become overflowing with hope. And that is where God wants to take us today. Because Isaiah chapter 1 is overwhelmed. It's kind of disarming. It talks about, you know, I, ha- I hate your services. I hate your worthless assemblies, God says. Because you sing my praises, you offer sacrifices, you pray your prayers, but at the same time, you're mistreating the poor. What was it? The disenfranchised, the, you know, all the things that you mentioned. You're treating people badly, and so your offerings and your worship is worthless to me, God says. And Yeah, in the midst of that then, Isaiah has a vision and it comes in chapter 2. In the last days, there'll be a mountain. Mountain of the Lord. Now, does anybody like mountains? Yeah? Does anyone like climbing mountains? Yeah? No? Some of you do. Well, it's worth it if you can get to the top, because the view is incredible, isn't it? You ever had that experience? You've been up, you've made the effort, you've climbed up. Last weekend, I had a school reunion. I saw my old friend, Sid. Uh, And uh, we went youth hosteling when we were 15. 
uh, got up to all sorts of mischief. And one thing, we, did, we nearly died on top of a mountain. I won't tell you about that. But there was one time in that whole day, after we nearly died, seriously, we had to be rescued, then we were up the mountain, and we just saw this incredible view. And we just stopped. We put our rucksacks down. And we just, wow. The Lake District. Beautiful, isn't it? There's something about mountains, and there's something about the view you get when you go up the top of a mountain. Now, mountains appear in the Word of God, and God reveals himself to people on mountains. He revealed himself to Moses on Mount Sinai. Moses spent time with God up the mountain. He revealed himself to Elijah and to those around him on Mount Carmel. Fire came. And then in the New Testament, we see that Jesus is, takes Peter, James, and John up the mountain of transfiguration. And they, they, they see Jesus. They must wonder, why are we doing this? Why are we climbing up the mountain? What are we doing? Why are we going on the wall? What's going on? <clears throat> and they get up the top, and then they see Jesus. And who's with him? Moses and Elijah. The two other people who love mountains. <laughs> and they meet with Jesus up the mountain. Then, then they see Jesus transfigured before them shining in all his brilliance, a glimpse of this heavenly glory before their very eyes, and it's terrifying. There's something about mountains that reveals the glory of God to us. Well, in Isaiah chapter 2, we read here that in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple, the mountain of God's presence, the place where you meet God, this will be established as the highest of mountains. The place of God's presence will be the highest place. And many people will come. People from all over the world. Not just our people, not just Judah, Jerusalem, not just the Jewish people, but all the nations will come. And they'll come and they'll meet with God. What Isaiah was seeing is what we're looking at in Advent. What Isaiah was seeing was that one would come who would pave the way for all people to come. Jesus took his followers up the mountain and they came down and they were changed. They'd seen the glory. They'd seen Jesus for who he really was. They came down into the valley. That after the story of the Mount of Transfiguration is this encounter with the, with the, the, the man with the demon-possessed son. They get down into the valley, but they've seen the perspective of the glory. Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. If you're feeling overwhelmed this morning, <laughs> I want to invite you to come to the mountain of the Lord to come to God's presence, to come up and be with him, to take time. It takes time to climb up a mountain. It takes perseverance. It takes commitment. You might struggle at times. You might get tired. But it will be life-changing. Many people coming up the mountain of the Lord, and then what happens? Well, there's a transformation that takes place.
He will teach us his way so that we might walk in his paths. And then as we stream up the mountain, normally streams come down from a mountain, but as we stream up the mountain, then we will encounter God, and then from there, transformation and change will take place. We had that phrase that Free read to us. The nations will be at peace instead of at war. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Their instruments of war will become instruments of productivity and agriculture that we are using in a time of peace. Do you know, that actually happened after the World War II. People took tanks, they took uh, weapons of war, and they converted them into like farm machinery. That actually took place. There's a, a preacher in America, Shane Claiborne, actually, and uh, he does exactly that. He'll take guns. He's very anti-guns in the gun culture of America. He takes guns, and he'll just, uh, he does the whole thing, smashing them, and then making them into garden tools. <laughs> Now, why do people want to do that? They want to do that because they've encountered God and God's made a change. And the only way for us not to be overwhelmed by the violence, by the injustice, by the tragedy of our world is to go up the mountain to be with the Lord. Because <laughs> then we'll come back down again and we'll say, do you know what? That sword, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it into a plowshare. That argument I was having with my neighbour, I'm going to make peace now. <laughs> that fight I've got going on inside me because of my selfish ambition, I'm going to lay that down before Jesus. Once you've met with God, he transforms your perspective. You see things totally differently. Paul writes in Romans, it says, all this Old Testament scripture was written for the purpose that we might have hope. Everything that was written in the past, he says. Everything in the scriptures that teaches endurance and the encouragement they provide was written so that we might have hope. Now, hope, if life is perfect and you're doing, you know, you're just absolutely hunky-dory. Yeah, you, know, you are, I don't know, imagine your perfect scene. What's your perfect scene? I don't know. Sitting on the beach in Barbados, you know, sipping a, a nice cool drink. Everything's, everything's fantastic. If you're in that situation, you don't need hope. Because like, I'm good. I've got it. Don't need hope. You only need hope when you're feeling overwhelmed, when stuff around you is actually a little bit hopeless. And when everything's crowding in and overwhelming you, and so the natural tendency is just to say, I feel a bit hopeless. I'm, feeling my, I, I'm heading towards despair. I'm really struggling here. Things are getting on top of me. If you're at work, you know, and you're just so busy, it can be, oh, it can overwhelm, it's too much. And so we need to come back to God, and we need to come to the scriptures, we need to come to the mountain, and we need to say, yes, Lord, I need hope. On the outside of a house, you'll see a little pipe sticking out of the wall. What's that? It's an overflow pipe, isn't it? 
and uh, it overflows with water if, if, you know, if your tank has is, is got too much water in it. And if it, it's there to stop a flood. But it'll only overflow if the tank is full of water. Paul's prayer for the Romans and for us is that we might overflow, not with water, but with hope. And this is the incredible thing. In our world, there is a mess. I concur. <laughs> you can overflow with hope. I can overflow with hope. Hope, I don't know about you, but sometimes it just feels like you're clinging on to. You know, just uh, by the skin of your teeth, just by your finger. Oh, I hope, I'm just hoping we'll get through Christmas. I hope that I'll get everything done. I hope that this, I hope that that. Yeah? Or it's a wishful thinking kind of thing. But the hope that Paul is instructing us to have and praying that we have is, is an overflowing thing. Jesus says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, whatever's in our heart, we will speak it out. If it's misery, it'll come out. <laughs> if it's just resentment and bitterness and rage, guess what? It will come out, and it'll come out against the people you wish it didn't come out against. You'll take it out on the wrong people, won't you? If it's a disappointment with life, it will overflow. Whatever's on the inside of us will overflow. That is what will come out. You can't help it. You know. You can kind of pretend when you come to church. <laughs> I just, I'm so, what the heck's marvellous. Yeah, I've got my mask on. It's all good. I can't, you can't see. But it will come out. Trust me, it will come out. It'll get out. It'll seep out at the wrong time. Ah, let myself down again. Well, that was what was on the inside of me. And yet, Paul wouldn't have prayed this prayer if it wasn't possible for us actually to be those who overflow with hope. And that's not burying your head in the sand. That's not going around on cloud nine and cuckoo and all that. That's facing the facts, looking at the world for what it is, being real about your situation, and yet being able to overflow with hope. Now this is only possible because we have a God of hope. He's a God of hope. Your God is a God of hope. Does our world need hope? It totally needs hope, doesn't it? Blimey. And you and I can be those who overflow with the hope. Your colleagues, your neighbours, your friends, your family can then see something of that hope that you have. May the God of hope fill you with all joy, not just a tiny bit, but all joy, and peace as you do what as you trust in him that's the bit we've got to do 
We've got to trust him. We've got to believe in him. We've got to hold on. We've got to look to God. If we're overwhelmed by what's going on around us and all the rest of it, we need to come back to him. And then what will happen? You will overflow. You'll overflow with hope. Now this isn't something you can do on your own. This isn't something that I can do on my own. This isn't something we do naturally. We do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's at work in us. See, Jesus rose from the dead. He said, the counselor is coming. My spirit is coming. And when he comes, he'll be poured out on all flesh. Not just on the one nation, but on all flesh. There'll be an overflow of Holy Spirit poured out. And all the nations will come. On the day of Pentecost, you had all the nations. But they were all Jewish speakers. And then later on in the book of Acts, it was the Gentiles too who received the Holy Spirit. And then from then on, here we are, sitting in Pembury. We're not sat in Jerusalem, but we're sat in Pembury. And yet we can go up the mountain. We can approach our God of hope. May he fill you. Fill you. Just fill you with overflowing. You know, if you ever, sometimes I get, we, get, we have a big water jug on our table, sit, get the kids, can you, can you fill up the water glasses? And, if, and of course, when I do it myself, you fill it, and what you mean by fill it is like fill it sort of three quarters full. But then of course they think it's funny too. <laughs> I'll fill it, yeah, and it'll go all over the table. <laughs> Deal with that, Dad. <laughs> and, but they... I'm just, being, I'm just being an obedient child. I'm, I'm filling up the water glass. But that's right, isn't it? <clears throat> Fill it up and it'll overflow. Now, overflow makes a mess. <laughs> we try and contain stuff, but actually God is saying, I want you to be overflowing with hope. That is my will for you. May the God of hope fill you so that you overflow. So we come to him today. And we trust in him. I want to invite you to put your trust in the Lord today. As you trust in him. That means I just throw everything at him. I give my all to the Lord. We're praying. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for Jesus, who was born as a baby, died on the cross, rose again. And we thank you that he's coming. And thank you that he's coming. And, oh, Jesus, we love you. We love you so much. May the God of hope fill you all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope and then what is hopeless will be transformed where there's division there'll be unity 
where there's lack of proper communication, there will be good communication. Where there's injustice, there will be justice. Where there's deceit, there'll be honesty. Where there is pain, there will be healing. May the God of hope fill you. May the God of hope fill you. With all joy. All joy and peace. As you trust in him. Say, I've got a little bit of faith this morning. Just, we'll start with that. As you trust in him. And you will overflow. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Would you take over in our lives? Would you take over in this church? Would you be glorified? Would it be all about you? All for your glory, all for your fame. So that you make your people a people overflowing with hope. Thank you, God. We're going to sing. We're going we're gonna to come to him. You may not be feeling the overflow. You might be feeling, actually, this sounds good, but it's not quite where I'm at yet. And there's a beautiful song we're going to sing, which describes how we come to God just as we are. We might be broken, but we run to him. We might feel empty, but we come to him. Might be hungry, but we know that he satisfies. So come, stream to the mountain of the Lord today. Just come as you are. Don't let anything hold you back. Don't let your own sense of inadequacy be a stopper for you. You are invited to come. The God who has come to us in Christ is waiting for you to come to him today. So come.